0: The first book to really move me during my seminary journey was The Truth About Stories, a native narrative by Thomas King. Honestly, my world started to change with reading that book, and maybe the seminary journey too. It was, and I read it in conversation with the author, and that was the first time that particular guidance from my professors really made any sense to me whatsoever. Part of the connection for me was a tie to science. Thomas King reframed Sir Isaac Newton's law that for every action, there is an opposed and equal reaction to for every action, there is a story. For every action, there's a story. That really landed with me, probably in part because of all the stories that I was unlearning, relearning, and learning for the first time while reading this book. And when we think of how pervasive stories are, stories that are fundamental to how we learn, how we build relationship, how we experience our world, and our service opened with Puff the Magic Dragon, the beautiful story song that highlights the emotional arc of growing up. In reflection, I really resonated with the simple truth that stories are all we are, and that's how Thomas King opened his book and all of his lectures Stylistically, he would repeat that phrase over and over to structure a narrative style to the stories and the presentations. So today, in honor of that, I'm gonna come back to that phrase and use it as somewhat of a variable refrain. And then at the end, if you find you agree with me, I may invite you to say a variation with me. Stories are central to our context. Over our time here at UUCF, I had the honor of witnessing your 61st anniversary and the congregation held history sessions and shared so much of your congregational story. Those communal threads and stories weave relationship and meaning and still ripple through the systems, processes, and culture that we experience here. Part of that context in the congregation, as was highlighted in our earlier song today, we didn't start the fire. There's a lot of context in that song, And here in our congregation, in this season, we also celebrated how we love to learn as a group. In an example that I build on today, we've discussed some of the intersections of science and indigenous wisdom, particularly from Robin Kilmer's Braiding Sweetgrass, and how that pulled indigenous wisdom and biology together. And we reflected on some of the beauty of the intersection of those worldviews. Today, science conducted by Dr. Stephanie Grayla and the Ramirez Group has imaged memories. I know, right? That's amazing. And you can check it out in the NIH director's blog. They do this with something called optogenetics, at least in mice. And optogenetics is a combination of optics and genetics. These images allow us to study the function of nerves and memories in new and amazing ways. Some of the images allow the en- scientists to measure the, some of the initial fluidity of memory. Others show the ability to shape memory before it stabilizes. And later, when memories are retrieved, as was highlighted in our re- earlier reflection, they actually can be modified and influence each other over, in a, before they re-stabilize. Overall, that process is called reconsolidation. And it's amazing to imagine a picture of a memory and memories interacting. I wonder if you've experienced a memory that seems to have changed over time. I know I have. Some of my memories have become softer. Others have become more central and powerful. And sometimes I found that these memories that interact with the whole are greater than the sum of their parts. The idea that that process that's starting to be able to be visualized at a cellular level really fills me with awe. But what does that mean? We've talked about how our context and our worldview can shape our experience, and our experiences in turn shape our context and worldview. And this creates room for story, for our story, to change over time. Both modern science and our lived experience are two of our sources, and they affirm that our memories are not fact. And that is why the truth about stories is stories are all we are. This reinforces for me that our lived experience is ours, powerful, and not universal. Not in a relativistic sense, but in a life is complex sense. In fact, I've noticed that when my story gets simple, there may be many truths going on, but there are definitely two truths going on. One, I'm tired. And two, I'm probably wrong. Life just isn't simple. Stories aren't simple either. At least not good stories, not whole stories. Stories grow and change and they build as we grow and change and learn. We weave the stories of our lives from each moment, from the memories our joy, peace, times of learning and growth. There are also memories of grief and loss. And they're still there, too, and they change over time. And they become part of our whole story. I think of stories as the scaffolding for, that holds and shapes our memories. And we can engage with them, maybe reframe them, maybe make a new meaning, offer a new opportunity to them for them to reconsolidate into our new story moving forward. When we honor that our memories and our stories are both important, ours, and not fact, maybe it's a little easier to let go of stories that are no longer serving us. The story is an essential element, or a scaffold for faith formation. Right here, in these services, every time we gather and we tell a story for all ages, the young at heart may come forward, but truly, the story is for all ages. And don't hit the microphone. The story is for all ages. It's for all of us. It's for you and me and everyone. Why is that? Because story speaks to our deep learning. Stories that center our values, we can inspire our faith, and stories that widen our world, open our hearts, and teach us. And when we experience story and community, it becomes something we share. It connects us, and that connection and experience that we hold in common builds community. A colleague, Reverend Erica Hewitt, wrote a book, Story, Song, and Spirit. And she wrote, quote, the right story can bring Unitarian Universalist theology to life. It creates room for spontaneity, playfulness, reverence, and a little bit of irreverence. Story, song, and spirit. This community tells stories every week. This community gathers in song every week. And this community grows in spirit throughout all our interactions. The power of story, song, and spirit feeds our shared memory and our shared ministry. That ministry grows with time through all the ways we connect in our small groups, chalice, tables of eight, choir, poetry group, hiking, so much more. Each of these groups have stories, too. Stories of why, stories of lived experience, and stories of group gatherings. Story, song, and spirit is how we grow and build those deep connections. And that is why the truth about stories is stories are all we are. Each member of this community helps us all grow into our best selves. Each member brings a story, a perspective, a social location, and we all learn from each other. And we learn from gifts and talents that are shared. Since I returned from the summer, A key priority has been electoral justice, and we are a week and a half from the most important election of my lifetime. And that is a powerful story. We are writing ourselves into that story in a new way this year. Individually and communally, we have answered the call with five poll workers, over 70 people of our community engaged, and over 3,000 postcards and 11,500 texts. Wow. There are a lot of things that we're doing to support electoral justice, and we are telling the story of making history. Coming back to story, what is the most important, this is the most important of the election of my lifetime, and I've come to think it's because of two two founding stories that are in conflict. One founding story of our democracy was centered in modernism, enlightenment, and European culture. The other was centered in slavery, racism, and gender oppression, and a real binding fear of hell. There's a book, um, Damnation, please pardon the language, it is actually the title, Um, and it references the origin of hell through the history of our nation, and how fundamental that is to some of what's happening right now. The story has changed, but the through line is still with us. And as those two stories are coming together, now we have, we have the most important election of my lifetime where the ability to have fair elections in the future and democracy itself is, at, is involved in this election. And I, I am, and many of us have expressed that I'm, part of what's inspiring me here is to work on preventing the regional changes from this year oppo- oppressing trans children, voter rights, and reproductive justice from becoming a national story. This is, time, is, a, this is a time of many powerful stories, and I want to see our values honored in civic life. The powerful stories of our time won't end on November 8th. We're in the midst of a climate crisis. UUCF is engaged in the Silver Project, and has members on key local and communal efforts to affect climate change. I invite you to think for a minute about the power of story in the climate crisis. The science has been known for generations, and there are people who didn't want to hear that story and created their own. As denial of climate change grew, the story grew from a denial of climate change as a tool to support the fossil fuel industry. The science wasn't disregarded initially. The story was told and retold, but it wasn't really real. And eventually, through those repetitions, it became real for some of us. And now we are in the 11th hour to save our planet. Imagine another story, a story we often hear here at UUCF. Imagine a story of us connected to the web of life as we heard from our children. Imagine the story that we are part of that interconnected web, living in harmony with nature. Caring for species, the earth, our siblings, and parents. Harvesting, eating sustainably, holding room for the earth, and to grow. As a species, we have to mobilize. And we must tell really good stories. Whole stories. Complex stories. We must tell the truth. We must tell the stories of the earth as our source, the creatures of this planet as our siblings, and we must change how we live to honor the beauty of nature the wholeness of the world, and correct our mistakes. Climate justice, restoration must happen in big and small ways. Individual action, planting native plants as offered at our plant sale, and the community action, like the Silva Project. We must tell the story of the origin myth of race and the hard truths of racism. The simple fact that racial justice must happen. We need to tell the story of democracy, its origins, and how to preserve democracy. Electoral justice must happen. The power of honoring our memories and the story is important, but not fact. It is when memory and story can grow and change, we can choose to create a different story. We can tell the story of living for seven generations. We can tell the story of walking gently on the earth and living each breath with gratitude. Some of these are big stories that will need a lot of voices. But together... Oh, together, together with all our voices, that is a story of healing, of hope, of beauty. And when we join our voices to tell that story, we live that story and we will become the hands of change, the hands of hope. Whatever, however that, and the, sorry, that is why the truth about stories is stories are all we are. See, telling true stories, powerful stories, is an invitation to be brave. Not all courage happens in large societal movements. Honoring the fractal nature of our relationships, as taught by Adrienne Marie Brown, to be brave in that space only results by being brave in our day-to-day interactions. I'm curious, has anyone here ever used the story, used the phrasing, the story I'm making up, or some variant of? I see a few hands. I learned that from Brene Brown's Rising Strong. I use it all the time. Events happen, and we make meaning of them. A story is born, and those stories we tell ourselves are foundational to shaping how we respond. And how we respond is literally the only thing we control. It determines how we see the world, how we move in the world, and eventually, our own mental and emotional health. Owning our story with vulnerability is one of the most powerful things we can do. The story I'm making up is a powerful way to own our own stories and remember, remembering back to the beginning, I said when the story is simple, I'm usually wrong. Has anyone else ever noticed the stories I make up tend to be really simple? They tend to go straight from an event to my, my thought, right? Context, eh, you know, and I think that's why I'm usually wrong in those moments. Using that simple phrasing or technique or even just pausing long enough to think it and listen to the story we're, making, we're telling ourselves, we can really engage with so much more authenticity, making room for the complexity of what we do not know. We do not know what is happening for other people. Owning our story allows a way for us to engage without accusation and still address what's causing conflict. Another way to put that is we can honor our story and the story of the other person. And very often when we're in conflict, we're in conflict with someone we love. And that is why the truth about stories is stories are all we are. In conclusion, I'd like to take this into a little bit of a reflective space. And when I invite you to repeat the refrain with, then, I may invite you to repeat the refrain with me. It's a little modified in the last version, so it's in the order of service as well. If it would feel good to you, settle into your seat and find a comfortable position with your spine generally upright. I invite you to place a hand on your heart and another on your belly, breathing into the connections between your mind, heart, and body. As you feel the connections deepening, I invite you to reflect on a powerful story that has meaning to you and that you want to reflect on within this community. What makes it powerful? How has that story changed over time? How has that story impacted other stories in your life? As we hold our stories in our minds, hearts, and bodies, I invite you to gently bring your awareness back to the room, bringing your wholly connected self and all your wonderful stories into connection with each other here in this space. The truth about stories is that changing, growing, learning, hopeful stories are all we are. Now, if that resonates with you, I invite you to repeat it with me. And if not, feel free to just listen. The truth about stories is that stories, changing, growing, learning, hopeful stories are all we are. Please rise, embody your spirit, and join in hymn 1008 when the heart is in a holy place.